0: Dance floor's we open. We're on. Podcast 15. Podcast 15 with special guest, Mr Ali Fraser in the house. How are we feeling, Ali?
1: I mate, not too bad at all. Thank you very much oh. for having me on.
0: We just had a bit of a laugh and a joke before coming on telling Ali that this podcast was extremely serious. There was no swearing. And also we threw an extra one in there saying no Scouse accents allowed. Um, but Ali's going to do his best to speak the Queen's English for us, aren't you? Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like I tried to do an Irish accent before and like that went down bad. So give us your best Irish accent. Come on. Oh not a chance on here. Go on, j- just
0: no. give us a special.
1: Well, like give me something to say then. And then let me... Uh What
0: what we went down the same Irish? Like top of the morning to you.
1: Top of the morning. Oh,
0: that's not bad. Not bad. It's go. not, not bad. bad.
1: I'll rate it a six. I'll take it a six. It's better than what I normally I out <laughs> in life. Um, but go on.
0: Yeah, no, all good. Um, yes, yeah, So, guys, welcome to this. Uh, Ali is an exercise specialist, but I'm going to let him um introduce himself uh and give us a bit of a background on his story. So, yeah, mate, uh, literally te- take it away. Um, who are you? What do you
1: do? All right, okay, cool. I feel like I've done this quite a few times over the last couple of days. No pressure, of, then no pressure. Yeah, who am I? Kind of person. So, um, I've been in the industry for it must be about 10 years now, roughly. I got a very very fortunate start to my career in regards to away for a company who were very how can I put it Gary Gray, Paul Check esque. It's so like I learned a lot about anatomy and and how the body move. Maybe the, not from a. Don't know. Just for
0: listeners that don't know Ali, who those people are, what's the, uh, where are they from? So Paul
1: Check's away with the fairies now, Um like he's right. like if you want like the definition of holistic and like person who like lives how we lived hundreds and hundreds of years ago like he's probably one of them and um, but he was like a very very well-known person trainer around like the 80s and 90s so it's like when Charles Pollock was Watson and who else was probably up with the Charles Pollock but yeah Gary Gay, Paul Cech and there's probably a few other sorts of strength and performance coaches went so it's like PTs were mainly or coaches really made at like the Olympics like these guys worked with Olympians essentially uh, and making these people perform at an extremely high level. So, like, and then Gary Gray, the only way I can describe Gary Gray is, and then he was, he, man, he mentored someone called Phil Mansfield, who mentored uh, the owner of the company, um, very movement based. Okay, so as I said, like, I learned a lot about function and how the human body moved. Now, in regards to translating that into getting people results, there was not much crossover. So even though I'm very, very blessed in regards to like the, the, the PT start of my career, um, it was really translating over to what I loved, which is like resistance training, training in general, like that's, that's our passion, as we spoke about yesterday. Yeah. And um, so moved to another company, managed that company, uh, ABS in Liverpool. and That was mainly transformation-based uh, and then went off my own. Now, in regards to like, my education background, prescript script educated, RTS educated, M10 educated, uh, worked at Cal for four and a half years, um, mentor by the likes of James Sutton, uh, Joe Jeffrey, Dr. Dean, and um, had all these people under the, I was working with Jay Carter for a little bit. So I've always been a passion for learning, but in regards to like my true passion, regards to like this industry, if you want to break it down into sections, training is what I love. Um, yeah. I'm obsessed with it. It's like, I think from a young age, it's always like trying to be a, Build as much muscle tissue as you can. Like trying to be optimal. I was going to,
0: I was going to say that. Yeah, take us back because this was a question that I had. Obviously, you know. Oh, go so, on. so the listeners know. Me and Ali met on RTS, which is which is resistance training specialist uh, program that we did down in London with a, a certain Michael Golden, which is fantastic course. But obviously, we became really good friends through that course as well. You know, like minded individuals. Uh, but one thing I was saying to Chris before we jumped on was actually, do you know what? I don't really know Ali's like full background. Like why did he become so fascinated with resistance training and everything? Like
1: where did it start? So it probably started from uni when you want to get looking aesthetically better. Okay. And I've always been obsessed so you, with... So you went the opposite way to a lot of people at uni. <laughs>
0: you got aesthetically better and the rest of them drank and ate what they wanted, Chris. Yeah, Listen, we, 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 we
2: spoke about <laughs> my uni days and I was very well-rounded more ways than one
1: fair <laughs> enough it, it, it's a very good question because it's like i got into so i got into a really bad habit with the gym like i used to go way too much like i was going for three right. hours every day yeah. um, and then my granddad got me a personal trainer funny enough, when i was like 18 19 yeah that was my first instructor into personal training itself and then that's how i actually got my first job but in regards to like how i got into it it was mainly just from an, an aesthetic point of view like you're seeing things on tv like he, what was like muslim fitness magazine men's health like that's what we all bought back then wasn't it so i got into it like that and then i'm always i'm a competitive lad i've always played sports and it's just something that i could keep up whilst i couldn't keep up my golf i couldn't really keep up my footy as much when i was in uni but this is something else that i could really delve my teeth into and like improve yeah but like if you've like if you, if you look back at what you used to do to what you probably wish you should have done it's like and cheese but i've got to i'll give a shout out to a lad called nathan smith like People from Liverpool know who he is, but he was the first person, and I really wish I listened to him more at the time, looking back on it. He was the first person who sort of gave me this programme, which was this sort of volume modulated as opposed to just doing as much as you can. Yeah. like That's what I did when I was younger. It was just like, how much chest could I do? How much arms could I do? <laughs> yeah. did, did, didn't we all?
0: We yeah, all ended up with these funny rounded bodies, didn't we? Yeah. Like shoulders coming forwards. we just blasted chest all
1: day long. Yeah, it was It was just, um, and, and looking back on it, it's like, he really knew his shit. but well, there you go. I've already broken one of the rules of wearing lads, I swear. Um, he really hey, don't knew. worry about that. I, yeah.
2: Last time, when we had a guest, I really behaved myself. No fucking chance this time. Not I really. Oh, I,
0: we, Nina went to me when she uploads these. She went, is just every podcast explicit? I went, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, it is. You're, you're safe, mate. Carry but on. It's it
2: real, <laughs> don't it?
1: Let's be fair. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're real humans, and that's like I say. We want to just, you know, every well, it's now and when you're again. passionate about something, isn't yeah. it? When you're Do passionate when you're passionate about, like, you, you just let yourself go, essentially, don't you? I think you just. Speak from, like, I want to say, speak from the heart. That's a little bit too deep in it, but you literally just speak how you feel, essentially. Say that um, on here, You can say that. And I, and I feel obviously a lot of swear words when I'm talking, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was mainly that was from the aesthetic thing, and then I really loved the idea of coaching. Maybe, maybe not like PT, but I love like training with my mates and like like pushing them. That makes sense? And like yeah, yeah, making yeah. him hit a PB. And then that was my first introduction to sort of that kind of world. Like I was boom design engineering in uni. Um, so again, you could sort of argue like that's where like the mechanics and like that passion come from it a little bit, even though it wasn't really that much mechanics based. But yeah, it was more just, I loved the coaching side and I loved it when you're seeing someone hit a PB and and like everyone just pushed themselves like you would with when you're training with your mates. Um, and I I, I like, I, this one sound really messed up, but I really like fucking myself up. Like, really, <laughs> really, like, annihilate myself in the gym. I'm going to say,
0: and what you mean by that, you just explained it there, anyways, is training to that next level, yeah, right? which is a yeah. level that, I mean, you tell me a percentage. How many people actually understand training to that level that you'll
1: train to? Um, probably five, percent If that. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, you, if you take the whole population, that. it probably would be less, but, yeah. uh, it, it, but it, there's no feeling like it. Like, it, it, you even love it or you don't. It's it's one yeah, of them. It's, you either do love it or you don't. But when you know you've left nothing, like that's why I hate try, training by myself sometimes. Like even though I will go to as close as you can to a mechanical failure, it's like you probably do have fifty percent left there because like with profiles and whatnot, someone could just assist you with the spot. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like if you look at the research now, it's like should you actually train to massive failure and all that from a nervous system recovery point of view. But regardless, of that like there's no feeling like when you put someone on a hack spot or you're on a hack spot. And it's like, I'm not getting beat by Rob. Not so, wit, so that? Oh, yeah. We had fun with that
0: as well down in London, didn't we? And obviously, uh, for us, we're fresh on the back of our exercise execution day, you know, me and Chris, which we did with the RCA clients. And um, what was funny, Ali, I, I know I told you this yesterday, but for the listeners, was um, one of the guys who I coached years ago uh, called me out and was like, you know, Rob, I, I want you to do one. I think it'd be a great idea if you do one. Next up was leg extension. And, you know, it was one of those things where, when you train, you're so, so confident in yourself, knowing what you're capable of, Mm -hmm. right? So to me, it was not, I was like, yeah, cool. Because I also knew what I could do was raise the level of every single individual who was there, you know, watching on that day when they see the level that you can push yourself to. And, you know, I know last time I took uh, Chris through one of those sets as well, you know, and it is next level training. But when you say then, like you say, it breaks down or it affects like the nervous system and everything, and there's all this research going into it. So one of the things that we said was, you know, look, we're not saying train like this every single session. Okay. But going into it, doing it once a month, doing it once every two weeks, something like that, you know, what would you recommend for people to do on that? <clears throat> like how, how often should you push to failure? Yeah. But what I'm going to say here is actually, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for two answers. One answer for the likes of us as mm-hmm. coaches knowing the level that we train to and one answer for the general population. I
2: was okay, just gonna sure. say Ali wants to annihilate himself every single time. <laughs> yeah, but, Ali's so like that's like, a stupid question. And then you then you've you've corrected yourself going, what about general population? Which is probably this is why we're
0: unscripted, lads.
1: <laughs> I'm saying like cogs are turning. Good question. So in regards to Gem Pop, they can push themselves that hard all the time because the if someone's brand new to the to the gym, the amount of load that they'll be using with correct execution, because obviously, like we I think we spoke about this yesterday, about, like training's a skill. So yes. for them to be able to train accurately with a significant amount of load will take a while. So for me, it would just be mechanical failure. Like I wouldn't want them to go to say like fair, true fail, what me and you would go to, or, and Chris, sorry. And like four reps is then another question. So in regards to failure, I'll train to failure most most sessions. Yeah. In regards to forced reps, um, they need to be tactically put, but to answer the question like accurately it, it'll it depend on so it's like your biofeedback like how's your recovery where your foods are what's your rest of your sessions look like um so like a leg extension is a little bit different to a hack squat yeah. uh, right from, from like uh, from the sheer amount of like load that you're using in the movements itself so it's like it, it is an it depends kind of question but for gen pop excuse me who, who would just start in the gym they can train as hard as they want to because they need to understand and learn. Uh, for us, it might need to be a little bit more tactically based, but again, that's why I believe in tracking things like HIV, rest and heart rates, sleep is obviously massively, which I know I spoke to you about yesterday, like how much my sleep's improved and then how that's had a positive impact on my physique. And um, if you've got to be honest, it's like if they're assisted or they're not assisted, like if someone's assisted, then they can recover a hell of a lot better than what someone who just can't. So, yeah. like, there's there's a little
0: bit more variables. Isn't it um, funny how much, you know, I think it's great there that you just touched on sleep, right? Yeah. How many people overlook sleep?
1: Okay,
0: ninety uh, like, percent. I, I was going to say nine, ninety odd percent.
2: I'll yeah. put I'll put my hand up because I, I we we've spoke about this on a recent pod, haven't we? About what maybe what six weeks, five six weeks ago? Yeah, just something I was that. totally overlooking, and I, I literally had to really take a step back and go, what what am I doing here? I'm missing a massive trick here and looking at Looking at my sleep, looking at what's actually impacting that, and we, I did a pod, I did some stuff on Instagram just about it, and how how much
0: just analysing. You that were caffeinated up. What you say? They said you were caffeinated up, weren't you?
2: Yeah, but obviously there was other things as well, just like like looking at actually like measuring how how long I was actually sleeping for and other things that were impacting it. And it was it was it wasn't even like it's not mind blowing. It's just kind of it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit lazy and complacent. But then. Our clients that we work with don't understand that. Yeah. So it's 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 there's a bit of a learning for me of going, practice what you preach, you dick, first yeah. and foremost. And then like secondly, going, actually, there's a lot of learnings here about metrics that you're measuring and actually being consistent with measuring those things and looking at those things and reflecting, tweaking things, but then not discrediting that for the general population. Because that like exactly like you say, Rob, is like. It's, it's, oh, you know what? I've not got my workups in this week because I've been really, really tired. Well, why have you been really, really tired? Yep, Because you've been sat on your phone till midnight or watching Netflix with the screen six inches from your face. The, the
0: is going to be shit. The key word in that as well was reflection. And I can share a bit from even my training session yesterday. It was still a good session. But do you know, when I left, I was like, why was that so much more challenging? And then I remembered, well, there was some power cut. So the fire alarm went off at 20 to three in the morning. That broke my sleep in half. I'm not used to that. I'm used to sleeping through. My sleep's normally immaculate. That then went through. And then I also had a deeper look. I was like, right, so sleep's been knocked the night before. And then also my nutrition maybe hasn't been as good as what it should be for the past two days. So this all had a compounding effect onto my session. This is what general population don't do enough of. They don't reflect, look at the reasons why they maybe haven't performed to their best because straight away, good night's sleep last night, good refuel like that, good breakfast this morning, into the gym, outstanding session. Yeah. Like literally, like it's it's that flick of a switch. And especially if someone wants to recover, we've touched on that thing of, you know, someone going, Oh, I want to train seven days a week. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, rather than training seven days a week. Because if you've got two individuals, if you've got someone that trains seven days a week and someone that trains four days a week but gets solid sleep, the person who trains four days a week and gets solid sleep is going to get a 10 times better result than the person that trains seven days.
1: And that's what people overlook, right? Yeah, I think, I think people overlook the fact of like what sleep impacts. So like I'm, I got into bad sleep habits when I first started my PT job. I didn't drive. It's so like I was up at half four and then I wasn't getting home until like half 11. Because I was getting... How did, how did you get to the gym? What do you mean how to How did you get to the gym? Walk. were you walking so like i'll get up so like i'll get up at half four i'll get the 10 to 5 bus yep. into liverpool city centre i'll then walk from liverpool city centre to brunswick which took about 25 minutes start my first session at six i'll do some pt sessions and then luckily there was another gym that was about a 10 minute walk i walk there train walk back probably have a nap in like in the <laughs> office uh, and then i'll finish that and then i'll walk to the bus station um and then get get dropped off well get dropped off by the bus and then walk home. so I probably like and when you're in some habitual routines from a young age from like the age of 21 22 it's just sort of stayed with me but also being honest i've never done anything actively to sort of stop that because i've always felt like i can get by five hours six hours yeah. sleep so i mean it's like because you just you're so used to doing it you feel like that is you functioning Whereas now I'm getting six and a half to seven, which still might not sound a lot to other people, but that for me, that's a massive increase on a consistent basis. And if you look at my data, cause like I do track data, my resting heart rate has dropped down dramatically. My resting heart is around about 58 now, but I'm weighing 95, 96 kilos. Uh, whereas it would be if like, if you go back to last year when I was this weight, it'd be around high sixties, low seventies. Do you know what's funny here? here you go on. I,
0: again, right, This is, I just want to pull this out for value for other people is, right, you know your health and your markers like the back of your hand, because mm-hmm. it is insanely valuable to you. But yeah. because you know those markers, because you track them, you can make adjustments to further improve your performance physically, to improve your performance mentally, to improve your recovery, like that, you can literally manipulate your life so that you can be the absolute
1: best that you can be, right? Of course, yeah. And then, like, look, you don't need to track everything, like everything yeah i've got an order ring so like it just it, it just tracks all these things like i don't have to go into a, a watch and all this just mm. do this open on my app crack on movie day kind of thing but it's things like blood glucose that people don't really pay attention to it's like when you talk like from an aesthetic point of view if you like have poor for poor sleep Blood glucose and elevated blood glucose is elevated, then you're not going to nutrients as much. And if you're someone who's also then living quote unquote, because like you can't say unhealthy diet now, can you? But you fucking can't say unhealthy diet because market isn't healthy, right? So it's like if you're having poor lifestyle choices. we'll say, mixed with poor sleep, where blood sugar is going to rise, your le- your your hormones gonna be might be like shows like dysfunctioning, so like leptin and ghrelin be all over the place. So you're getting hungrier when you're not really hungry. It's like, this is like just a recipe for disaster. But again, if you then control your sleep or you work on your sleep, you then work on your nutrition. You then start to realize that you feel better. You can give more energy within the gym. You can then, you don't, don't feel hungry at two o'clock like you normally would and you were not craving food. So you stick better on your nutrition plan. You feel like you'd be more successful, blah, 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 blah. And then that's how transformation actually occurs as well. Um, as opposed to just drop food and work harder. Like there's, there's a lot more things you can do. That's easier.
2: This, that's such a, such a good point that like I, the amount of conversations i've had where and we're kind of relating it to general population of all oh, right i just i just need to sort the food out and my training and this and it's like actually if you focus on one of those things a byproduct of doing that is that there's going to be a domino effect yeah for sure your nutrition is going to pick up your training is going to pick up it might not happen all in one week it might be two three four weeks down the line but by focusing on one thing you're not going to have this sort of like paralysis by analysis you're not going to have the overwhelm you're just going to have that one focus and you can actually put the right amount of energy into that and then the byproduct is energy is probably going to be increased to then focus and increase that bandwidth of right actually now i'm going to get a handle on my nutrition oh yeah you know what i actually feel like going and training and training hard as opposed to just going and and ticking a box and just getting through a session which you know is in on one hand could be beneficial but actually you want to be doing it and optimizing that because you're only in the gym three, four hours a week for general population. So it's a, it's a, it's a massive, it's like, it's, I, I, I try and use like the cogs spinning. Like when you kind of stagnate, the cogs are just stuck. Just focus on one cog. Don't try and start twisting all of them. Focus on one gradually. The others will start moving.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think the thing that when it comes to like, just like reflecting on gen pop as well, is like, it's ve- it is very overwhelming. So like mm. you Google shit, it's <laughs> fucking hard it's like, it's like your life's just, over yeah, it's like where'd you start do you know what i mean but it is that simple thing of like i'm a big believer in, i'm never going to say you can out train a bad diet right but do you know if you train like an animal like and you give it everything you've got it's like there's a little bit more wiggle room for you because you, you're, you're literally pushing that body to an adaptive state every single time now obviously you've got to recover with that But as you said before, like when you're training and you start to really enjoy training and you start to see the progression with training, it's like, well, how can I make this better? Well, we can make this better by sleep, um, supplementation, nutrition management, time management, so you have more efficiency, so you live a better life kind of thing. So you're not like what I was yesterday where like I lost an hour in the day and I was constantly just chasing my tail all day. Um, It's like when you manage your time better, you can be more efficient with everything else in life. So again, as you said, it is like a domino effect when one thing gets nailed, it could be like the nutrition side of things for that person, like they nailed the nutrition, they start to feel better, they're feeling less bloated, they go on the toilet less or they go on the toilet more frequently for some people and then they, then they can apply that to the training, they start to enjoy the training more because they see the progression in training and it is just sort of getting that one thing that you know works that individual and then making sure you run that into the ground and then the other things normally fall into place. Again, it's consistency that's key, isn't it? Like when we talk about getting a transformation right, it's consistency. Like turning up every day, repeating the same shit. Understanding the fact that it's not going to change change overnight. It's going to take a period, depending on what, what position you're starting at. But when you turn up and do it every single day, and you give it your all, the result is inevitable. Yeah, it really. You know, is like, like the result is
0: inevitable. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And it's as long as you have the outcome in the back of your mind, but you are loving the process. You know, like we were speaking. Saying that, you know, at the minute, why is my training better than what it's literally probably ever been? Is because I'm absolutely loving the process, right? I'm getting stronger, I'm growing with each and every session. Um, and this is this actually takes us down the little route where I wanted to go uh, with you on this as well, which is like mastering your training, right? There's a lot that a lot of people don't speak about. People think, right, it's just reps, it's just sets, you know, oh yeah, just this weight. So let's go down the route um you know of the like rts vibe and everything like that and actually mastering your training like where would you start right you'll never master it
1: that's and, by way, by, and by the way and by the way
0: we've got we'll we'll, we'll, we'll say right we're going to do 15 minutes on this that's what we're going to do because we could speak for days on this right <laughs> but so, the, the, right, point okay, this, so the point of this is that so many people think that they know what they're doing And then when they hear the stuff that like we'll come out with now on this, or when they go to like our exercise execution days, or when you're educating stuff like that, people then go, Oh my God, I've just seen a whole new level here, a completely different world. Let's go.
1: Okay. Right. Okay. How long
0: have you been training for? Me? Yeah. Uh, What am I now? Nearly 32. So nearly 16 years. That's part of 16 years. Half my life.
1: Okay. do you still feel like you can train harder and better oh 100% every session uh, you, never, you never Chris how long have you been training for properly probably about 5-6 years properly Okay, do you still feel like you can get stronger and better
2: oh yeah absolutely
1: 100% so you can never master it there's, there's, there's always going to be times when we're going to break down and and our bodies always want to sort of cheat the rep for us because then, like, the body just wants to find the path of least resistance. The body just wants to make things as easy as possible. And when it comes, to, and if you're a power lifter or somebody just wants to get really strong, you want to make things as efficient as possible. You do. Like, if you see bench presses when they're doing powerlifting, like the chest is like that far away from the bar. It's like you, don't, you just don't want to. Don't, you just don't want to move it that far. That's why right. they have them big arcs in the back. But like when it comes to like physique developments, you want to make yourself as inefficient as possible you want to make that weight feel as heavy as you possibly can to create as much tension through that, through the, because as much tension in the tissue, as much torque in the joints. So that tissue has to work really, really hard essentially. Yeah. So like how do you master your training? There's a few things that I will just sort of leave for people to think of in regards to setup is massively important. Like how you set up to an exercise will determine how you're going to execute that exercise. So again, when it comes to, me now when i'm training and i've got a logbook and whatnot like i make sure i write down all the settings if the cable's on 13 for example or um i've used a, a daisy chain for whatever reason or what type of cuff, or so even the carabiner like what carabiner because like different carabiners, it's just to keep consistency because at the end of the day when you change something so for example you change the tempo and again let's not get too like pedantic about this kind of thing like if you're half a second on a temple like who really gives a shit kind of thing but it's like if you suddenly go from like a three-second eccentric to a one-second eccentric it's a different exercise if you suddenly change your your position in regards to like you arch your chest you arch your back a little bit more so you're creating less of a challenge or you're creating yep. more of a challenge i should say like that's a different exercise So you're trying to create some mechanical advantage is what i'm trying to say There, you're changing the exercise itself yeah it's so you want to make sure that your setup is exactly the same every single time you go into the gym to make sure you're performing the same rep. So when you know you increase the load or you do, the more, do more reps, so you add an extra set, you know you're then adding actual more work to what you're doing previously. You know what's, so That's what, where advance comes into it. What, what's
0: big with that is you've just reiterated a point that me and Chris have banged on about loads, which is note-taking in regards to your training keeping notes because understanding where you've had the seat where you've had the chest pad like that how you know how high the incline is on your bench there's numbers underneath the bench and the more and more that you track all of these kind of things you will take your training to a new level because again what do we know that you know the general population do when they go into a gym nine times out of ten they walk into the gym not our clients because they have programs and actual like clarity on what they're doing but They walk into a gym with no program, no idea what they're doing, swing a couple of weights around, do some random setups on machines, and then leave, (laughs) right? (laughs) and and that's the thing like so if anyone's listening to this that has never trained okay or is that kind of individual get clarity over what it is that you're doing start to actually write down and note down the exercises note down your setups so that you can understand it and then you'll start to see progression with your training which will then increase your confidence when you're training and also dramatically improve your result
1: yeah 100 um and then like if you want to get a little bit more advanced it's actually the ability to contract the tissue yeah which is difficult right yeah, 100%. It's like, I think we spoke about this yesterday. I definitely spoke about it with someone yeah. yesterday. Like, contracting a, t- a tissue on the concentric is easy. And when Ali
0: says tissue, by the way, guys, he means muscle. Okay, That's contracting
1: it. your muscle. The muscle it, that you're actually supposed to be working. It's it's easy to do it on the concentric. Yep. To keep tension on the eccentric is a massive skill because it's so easy just to go. Do Do you actually have the cameras on? What, what, on when? Do people actually watch this or is it just like audio? No, 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 they'll no, watch it. Go, go on watch YouTube. it. Okay, you, good. YouTube, mate. We've got, got 200,000
2: okay, go. 200, oh,
1: subscribers. Ali, Ali, mate. Nice. nice. I better get a follow then. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> I, I mate? Like you just sort of like let the weight go. It's like, that's not under control so like when when people talk about tempo as well for me it's just control and you might have specific places where you want to pause where you really want to challenge the tissue. so for example on a squat, you want to probably pause at the bottom because that's where the biggest challenge is yeah. uh, nobody nobody's really pausing at the top leg extension You want to want to pause at the top because that's where the biggest challenges for example but for me it's like on that eccentric you've got to make sure you still control that load which again as i said is, is a massive skill especially when it comes to And, like, this is where, like, sort of skill acquisition comes into it. If you take a squat, a barbell squat, compared to a leg press, they are completely two different exercises. People will say, oh, it works, the quads, hamstrings, glutes. It's like, yes, but there's a completely different thought process that goes into every single one then because the leg press, you've got stability created by the machine itself in regard to the pad. Um, Like, the back pad, you've got handles to pull yourself down. But when it comes to a barbell squat, I don't think people understand the technical ability it takes to squat it's like you've got external rotation at the shoulder yeah. you're going to be able to maintain a neutral spine like i can't squat yeah like i'm I, just going to
0: say this it's it's the same movement if you're to film an individual performing a squat performing a leg press and you just flip their body around like we saw down in london you flip their body around it's the same movement but it's got different requirements
1: yeah a hundred percent and so like um, i've literally like i said like i'm, I'm a big advocate of jordan shallows prescript as well and like, we shouldn't neglect the skill of squatting, but we've got to also understand the goal of the client. So, so the goal of the client is to build as bigger legs as they can or build as bigger glutes as they can. You want to make sure you can train them as hard as they can within stabi- with stabilized movements, if that makes sense. So, things like leg extension, leg press, hack squats, these kind of things are going to be massively beneficial, but you still can't neglect stability. Like, the more stable a joint can be, the more skill you have at stabilizing. At that, at, that joint, at, that, um, at that joint the more force you're going to be able to output yeah so there is a transition there is a crossover so like you'll see like if you watch my leg video that i've done two days ago split squats at the end and my thought process isn't really how strong i can get at this it's like how stable can i be throughout the whole range of movements in control and that's the that's transition then that'll cross over into the leg press into the hack squat it's, into it's, any other kind of power output movements this again is something like you just
0: said then. How strong can I be through like every little stage of a, of yeah. a movement, right? That's something that so many people never ever look at, right? Mm-hmm. They, they literally just go, I'm just going to move. Let's use it, That split squat. they literally, they'll just bounce up and down like this. And that was something that we showed the guys at Weekend was, right, okay, so you might have failed to turn your chest press right back here, but you haven't failed here, you haven't failed here, or you haven't failed here at the end of the range. And like we know, there's that different uh, level as you go through. You know, when they're at the back of a chest press, they're in their weakest position, the weight set is heaviest, or on a bench press. And then when you come out, you're at the strongest, the weights that is lightest. So there's all of those um, resistance profiles, strength profiles that you can go down, like you said, we can go down a right rabbit hole with. Mm -hmm. The main thing that I wanted to bring up is like what you've just spoke about there is that there is so much more to training than just reps, sets and weights. And if people really do want to transform the way that they train and let's say, right, the way we describe it is having fun with it, isn't it? Like when you, when you have this kind of stuff in your, in your armory and it's part of like what you do, it, it means that you can actually have a laugh and a giggle when you're going around, like you're training, you're working hard but you have fun with it. And also how much better do exercises feel because of
1: this, where you actually set it up in the right way and you have this level of understanding. hundred oh, percent. Like you, you feel a contraction like you never felt it before. But um, one of the biggest things, like when it comes to execution stuff that people really sort of miss out as well, it's like it's injury prevention. Yep. Like that's one of the most important things. It's like, if you can stay away from being injured, right. You're going to make a lot of progress. Yeah. And like touch wood, like I've, I've been injured once, but it was never really t- drastic that it stopped me from training at all um but i do put that down to me being very meticulous without like how i set things up and execute things but i also put down the fact that i got hit potentially by following a, a specific modality which i don't necessarily agree with now um but yeah it's like it's injury prevention it's like understanding what you're capable of and working within them capabilities but not just Leaving that and trying, but also trying to improve. So, I was talking about range of movement there, for example. If you've only got so much external rotation at the shoulder, just make sure you work within that when you're actually training. But don't just say that's my range of movement it's like okay, try and improve it. Because the greater range of movement you can gain, the more of a challenge you're going to put in that tissue, and then there's more progression as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, trust me, like you don't want to go and keep on putting on. if you're trying to put on muscle, keep on on muscle, keep on the muscle, and then you can't put socks on, yeah, and have a, have a strong strong range. range, yeah. It, it's, it's like so, like how like how explicit like i last year i struggled to wipe my ass <laughs> like, we was, said it was explicit guys we yeah. said it was explicit i was 101 kilos <laughs> like rotating around like that without my lack cramping was horrendous but again it's like i wasn't paying attention to all the things that like i was just trying to get as strong being, as i can being, being functional yeah and simple like, these things again like when i've really delved into like the prescript kind of things it's like it does make you aware like he says function bad structure that's about one of jordan shallow's Quads and i think yeah. it's a very very good one because like if you go down like the rts model it's sort of it's sort of not the same kind of thing and again this is where i speak to be friend about this before you take things from one take things from another and then you make your own modality and what you believe works for yourself and your clientele on that given time um but yeah like training as you said we can go on and on and on because it leads us to so many different rabbit holes and you can take this a little bit too complicated. You can like, you can overanalyze everything. And then that sometimes can suck the joy away from people. Like I'm not, I don't think everyone has the log book. If you're someone who hates it and it ruins your session, don't do it, but just make sure you understand how to set up. So example, you two, right? You go on holiday, you go to a hotel gym, it's shit, right? You've got a cable stack, you've got a few dumbbells, blah, 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 right? But because you understand what you know, you can make that be an effective session. Yep. That's what means. I means. like you don't have to use all these tools to become like a really analytical, but it's like having these tools in the bag means that wherever you are, you can make things effective. Uh, and that's the most because I said like I, I love logbooking, but I'm a bit of a nerd and I, I like, I'll, I'll completely accept that. Whereas yeah. I've got friends who hate it, absolutely hate yeah. it. Hate reverse band and things and all this, but they know how to set up to an exercise. So yeah. you know how to make things work. But again, like for most Gen Pop, they don't know that because they haven't been doing it as long as long as what my friends have been to understand that. Or, or they've or they've never reverse banded anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I, I don't get the whole hate crew on reverse banding it. I understand the time efficiency standpoint, but once you once you know how to do it, you know how to do it. And it does have a beneficial role, but it also has a beneficial role not to do it.
0: Yeah, when
1: you don't want to do it. Um, but again, just I think, having I think for, for someone who's incredibly time poor, it's like you say, it's just
0: something that they're not even going to enter because they're not even going to oh. go through the time of losing a session to learn how to reverse bandit, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's what you've just gone through there is class. And, you know, you've even just touched on their passive and active ranges of motion, things that people again, you know, are not aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so many different levels. Like, like we said, we could speak about this, you know, all day long, not even a few hours. We could speak yeah. about it all day long. There's so many different avenues and nuggets where you can take your training to another level. And what you've just heard from Ali is the fact of how there's different ways, you know, like he says, he loves logbooking, um, you know, and keeping a note of everything, but some people don't, Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of it because for me, if you can't see something in front of you, you can't progress it. That's the way how my mind works. It's like, you know, what gets measured gets managed. If I can visually see everything, then, you know, like I would have done, if I hadn't have logged my last session, I wouldn't have been able to move this session on by one rep. Right. Yeah. For example, on an exercise, there's no way I could have done it. I won't really remember that. So there is huge advantages to that. Um, but yeah, anything that you want to throw in there, Chris, on uh, training, yeah. being much more than reps and I sets. Think,
2: just on that point, and I was gonna, I was gonna jump in um, when Ali was talking about sort of the, the the difference between your back squat and your leg press and your, your machine based stuff, and and how much actu- actual confidence that can give you. Log booking is the same, and the setting up of a machine you know how you set up a machine and you know how you performed last time on that machine, on that setup, that's going to get you in a mindset of that setting the standard on that first rep. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you psychologically prepared. And likewise, with sort of the back squat, there's there's that sort of higher high risk of injury. So there's that self-doubt creeping in. If I, if I increase the load here, then there's more, more risk of injury. So already you're not as confident going into that first rep leg press you know what I'm really secure I've got the stopper I can load this up and I can perform this really confidently so more from like the psychological standpoint which we haven't really gone into in in great detail today I think for the gen pop people to kind of go in and think where their confidence in the gym is what that looks like write it down setting up it just gives you I think you said the word clarity Rob and I think it's massive it just gives you that that sort of just air of, air of conference going into that first rep of now, now I'm here, I'm meeting business. Whereas if you haven't got that information, you haven't got that data, you haven't analysed it, you haven't reflected on how you performed last time, you're already one or two reps behind where you could be. Yeah,
1: two points. Uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you, for, thank you for coming on, Ali. And thanks to everyone, obviously, for listening. Before we do wrap it up, uh,
1: tell us, Ali, how can people find you? Right, so I have to keep remember this. I think, Ali, for this? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Ali underscore Team Premier Physique, or it's Ali dot Team Premier Physique. It's one of them, anyway. Um, yeah, you want me forgetting. to tell you? you? Want me to tell you? Ali yeah. Team Premier Physique. Yeah, it's it's one of them, isn't it? Um, it's like you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it is a YouTube page, which I'm going to do a little bit more of. I do need to speak with Kuba. That if it's okay, if I put my check ins up. So I do think it's quite interesting to follow like, as someone on their journey. Especially to like, especially because like I'm not an IFBB pro, never will be an IFBB pro, but I'm someone yeah. who still wants to achieve a good level of physique and be competitive, which is what most people are. Like most yeah. people are IFBB pro standard. Like most people are like me, where they're just trying to get a little bit better from a year to year to every over a couple of years basis. So yeah, YouTube as well, which is Team Premier, Team Premier Physique, is the YouTube page. I'm not on Facebook, but yeah, Instagram's the best way to find <laughs> me, my content, and and me just talking shit about training essentially. There you go. Ali
0: underscore
1: Premier Physique. Underscore, it's
0: not (laughs) that. There we go. We've even even done an on-the-call check-in for him. Um, And obviously as well, guys, you can find myself and Chris on Instagram at robabbis.rca and at chrismeek.rca. And also just a little wrap-up. If you are really interested in transforming your physique, uh, we are opening up spaces to work with us this November. Uh, Just visit our Instagram pages. Okay, click on the little link in the bio. Or... You can email us info at rca-fitness.com. Okay. And we can get back to you on coaching you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys.
2: Cheers, everyone.